everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. And if by now you have not gone and watched Drive to Survive, once the show is over, not before, once the show is over, stop everything and go watch it. Well, that's what we did from Friday night through Saturday morning. But unlike what most people will tell you, just drop everything and go, you should at least finish listening to the show. Well, of course, but you have already made an error. I have already made an error? Yes. This is not simply the bloke and the bird show today. No, it is. We just have a guest. It's more than just a guest here. It's um, a possible new member, considering if I do some stuff and things like that. <laughs> but it's a potential new member. We're- I think this is a bloke, bird, and the boy show. We are interviewing interviewing boys auditioning auditioning boys so so he's the first one next week who who's going to be the, the the one that you're bringing in i don't know i might have to go find one i don't yeah, I, I didn't see the posting up on linkedin that you were looking for i was auditioning boys yeah. i don't know yet we'll see how this whole thing goes but yes it is a triumvirate there's your word for the week use it three times and it too will be yours the triumvirate. Are you sure that you don't mean triumvate? No, I think I mean triumvirate. But I could be wrong. Who's our Latin scholar this week? I guess I could because um, the Romans, they had two triumvates. So, and they were groups of three people as government figures. I cannot roll my eyes loud enough to get picked up by the microphone. Anyway. Moving right along, <laughs> Drive to Survive, not a triumvirate. Um, it, again, go watch it. Um, it was very good. I thought it was a better season this year than it was last year. It, it certainly was. Um, I, I think we got much more candid conversations and candid views um, than we saw last year. And given that we really enjoy that. I mean, that's yeah. what really pulls us in is the backdoor behind the scenes stuff to really get that candid level of view was really nice. Um, once again, it, it, as much as you got to freely admit, we, we freely admit we, we are not Red Bull fans and we are certainly not Christian Horner fans. The fact that once again, Red Bull was as willing as they were to throw open the doors mm-hmm. was impressive. It really was, but I also think that the eye-opening piece, at least from my perspective, was to see the difference between Christian Horner and Friends Toast. And you yeah. you know how interlinked those two teams are. I mean, Christian comes out and says it. They've got four seats in F1. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all know that they're like, they're separate teams, but they're really not separate teams. And... You know, there is a limit to how much data they can, they're actually allowed to share. But you see the difference in the approach and the pressure that goes between those two, two team principles. And I thought that was really eye-opening because we don't see a whole lot from Franz. Well, one, one of the things that was really kind of surprising to me, as much as, yes, we got a great level of access, um, there were some fairly glaring holes yes um like the fact that there was so much focus on carlos signs and and like carlos and and the pieces about him were great but where was lando 
Yeah. Lando is probably one of the best personalities on the grid. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't part of this. No. Kimi Raikkonen got all of two seconds. I know. That they was... were good two seconds, though. You gotta admit that. They were pure Kimi. They were two seconds. very Kimi. Um, I mean, there were there were whole drivers that were not even addressed. Giovinazzi being one of them. Um, Lance Stroll, but we didn't. We, we no, didn't miss he that. he was actually on there at the end. Well, so was Sergio Perez. Right. G- yeah, Giovinazzi. I don't think showed up at all. No, and Kvyat did not show <clears throat> up at all. He did at as the, a child in the um, no Hubert no. story. No, when they went to the and the other drivers, <laughs> and they were in the the drivers parade at one of them, and, and Kvyat's like, yeah, they're totally ignoring me. The heck with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but and and you know that was one of the things is the the number of times there was a drive driver who openly and was deliberately doing it, bad mouthing the Netflix crew in front of them, and was like, yeah, you're not going to air this, and there it was. I know. <laughs> That was very funny. Some of the bloopers that they ran through, like Lewis not getting the name of his team correct, or not just Toto. Lewis, but Toto. Um, yeah, mm. that was good. Um, Lewis um, having trouble with the door. Yeah, there was yes. the door piece. Yeah, you're right. Um, the other thing is, I would offer up a counting. You know, keep yourself engaged in the show. Count how many languages Toto Wolf speaks. That was, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, count them. You'll be impressed. I was. And if you're not, then I'm very sad because I was very impressed. Now, I, I will say some of the areas that, because there were some areas I was disappointed. I, I kind of felt like they didn't stay with some of the storylines as long as they needed to. Um, it was really good that they stayed with, Pierre Gasly and Alex Albin, although I don't think, outside of the podium in Brazil, I don't think they really highlighted how much Pierre turned around when he went back to Toro Rosso. Well, that's true. That was one. Um, The drama between Haas and Rich, I'm glad that there was as much as there was, and I was shocked that the story was was part of it and yeah. was actually there um but the fact that they ended it right at silverstone and there was so much more to that story than just that one thing at silverstone that should have kept going um it was great that we got the insight into ferrari i don't th- i don't think they really looked close or really highlighted the tension that we saw between Charles and Seb and certainly didn't look at anything to do with the, the incident in Brazil. Yeah. And that I think would have been, now I get that like Ferrari wasn't letting him back and and things like that, but it would have been of some great value if those storylines had continued. Um, Claire Williams came out and she said that, you know, the series, they were really happy. It was a great opportunity. They're glad they did it. They, um, and, and they think that the series would show their truth about the 2019 preseason. Okay. I, I think it did and it didn't. 
I will tell you that the most awkward moment in the entire series is in the storyline about Williams and the preseason testing in 2019. Definitely. Absolutely. So count Toto's languages. Look for the awkward scene. Yeah. Now, just so you know, the Williams episode is second from the end. It's one of the last. So you ones. gotta, you gotta, you gotta plow through it. Um, they did an excellent job of throwing Patty Lowe pretty well under the bus. And then they backed the bus over him. Well, again, <laughs> I think where they stopped short was yes. They clearly threw Patty under the bus when it came to the production delays. Mm -hmm. But they really didn't talk about the performance issues and Patty's overall role in developing the car. And I know there was a lot, there's a lot in the series, the the way they work, that, that there's jumping around, even in the same episode, there's jumping around between various different areas. And Patty Lowe was not let go during testing right but that's the impression that you get from the episode it's almost like you almost need to pull up like the timeline of the 2019 season and marry that to the show because they followed stories up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they didn't complete the story or something. They, they and would it was follow a lot stories. with the team, that they followed a team. They followed a team or they were telling a team's <clears throat> story, which was fascinating. Where last season, I think that they did a little bit better about kind of going about this is a race. And they, yeah. they progressed through Go, the progressing season. Progressing through the season as opposed to... Um, they went deeper, which I think was better for the story. But... Because they had to go deeper, they went, they jumped around to tell that one story well. Um, so I don't know which is the right answer, but honestly, we sat and watched every episode in under 24 hours. So yeah. you can't, and we didn't do that with season one. So it's got to be just from the sheer nature of it, a better season, just from our review. So I strongly recommend that you pop some popcorn and sit down and uh, take regular bathroom breaks, but go watch the whole season. The other question that I have from watching this mm-hmm. is why is it that the camera facing the driver on the car is so much better quality than the camera over the driver's head? I think Since it's the probably, camera over the driver's head is the one that they broadcast. I think it's probably shake. <clears throat> like how well they can secure it down. That the one over their head has wind coming at it? No, I think it's a better camera. I think the resolution was better. I I mean, I don't know if it's a better camera, but I just had a feeling that... I have a feeling that it's the wind coming straight at the camera that's over their head versus the one that is protected by the halo. It may be. I don't know. Are we boring you now? No. Are you done now? (laughs) All right. So, moving on, we're going to blow through, um, well, there's still going to be some discussion. There's still some stuff that we have to talk about. We're going to try and move through stuff as quick as we can. We're going to probably bounce around a bit. But this is the prediction show. Hence the reason for the triumvirate. So, even though it was on hiatus, the show was on hiatus last year. We did the predictions, as you all know. We are doing a prediction show this year. Which is one of my favorite shows of the year. My second favorite, well, my favorite show of the year is the one where I win the predictions at the end of the year. 
Um, I, I'll have you know that you have not always won the predictions. I mean, the two times before that, I kind of won those predictions. But um, I guess we don't talk about that. No, we don't. <laughs> the one person that doesn't win the, the predictions. Hmm? Not always. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So would you like to talk about the news since you're not going to win the predictions? Moving on. <laughs> you never know. He could be the underdog. So, for the first time since 2016, uh, the F1 group has turned a profit. Ooh, that'll make so they'll be around for a little bit longer. Uh, they logged a profit of $17 million uh, in 2018, uh, or, or excuse me, in 2019. This is after posting a loss of $68 million in 2018 and $37 million in 2017. They were amortizing something. Now, these numbers are still really low, but it's an overall profit, and that is after the prize fund has been paid out, after the teams, after all of that other stuff has happened. So, now, this could also possibly be, um, you know, now that Sean Bratches is gone... His salary has You think his salary made a 70-something million dollar swing? Because if that's the case, he made enough money to get his eyebrows taken care of. Ouch. Okay. So, still can't get away from the coronavirus stories. Well, I'm sitting here in my mask, so naturally we cannot get away from our coronavirus stories. I still don't understand the big craze with the coronavirus, considering that there's only a 10% chance of a fatality when you get the coronavirus. Otherwise, you just have it. Who cares? Well, the problem is that it's got a hot spot that's fairly close to some racing points, and it's causing travel delays, and in order to prevent the spread, because there is nothing really that can be done about it, And the fatalities are focused on the very young and the very old and the already ill. Um, There's a lot of quarantines involved. So there's there's some downstream problems. But but there's also not a clear understanding of how it spreads. And that's what's really freaking people out is typically they can map it back to a patient zero. And they're not necessarily finding patient zero because it seems to spread with a wider radius and a longer incubation period. So, because of all of that, we have coronavirus issues with various things. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if we're going to need to come up with the music. Oh, no. Maybe some clips from Dustin Hoffman and Outbreak. That's what we need. We need, we need to really focus on Outbreak now. <laughs> hey, that was a good movie. It was a very good movie. I will never sit in a movie theater quite the same again. Okay, anyway, so first up, MotoGP has announced its 2020 season opener in Qatar will not go ahead due to travel restrictions brought about by the coronavirus outbreak. Um, So the race was scheduled for um, this coming week. Now, the odd thing, or yeah, this coming week, March 6th to the 8th. Now, the odd thing is, the MotoGP race was canceled. The undercard supporting races have not been canceled. Okay, that's weird. Figure that one out. That's now, maybe they're going to be. Maybe. Or maybe we're okay sacrificing the 
lower level GP. But that's that's been the initial reaction of, wait a minute. You announced that you canceled the opener, you canceled the top, the, the feature race. But you didn't say anything about the rest of the race weekend. So what's the deal here? <laughs> Is the weekend canceled? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as of right now, um, if you're a junior driver in MotoGP, your health is still at risk. But the top level drivers, you're protected. I think this is just a case of showing <laughs> where who you think is important and who you think is expendable. Also of concern. Um, so this week is the um, the for, I was going to say GP two, but it's not GP two anymore. It's Formula two, the F two uh, test season in Bahrain. Correct. Uh, and unfortunately, it is also struggling. Uh, several teams coming from Italy were delayed entering the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, Renault Jr. Christian Lundgaard has been detained and is under two-week quarantine in Tenerife because of, uh, I believe it's two or three guests in the hotel he was staying in uh, tested positive. As a result, he's missing the test. That's got to be rough. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to test for Art Grand Prix. Uh, the, everybody else made it in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was The whole reason he was in Tenerife wasn't because he was on vacation. Um, Art Grand Prix actually has a training camp there. So he was there for the training camp and got stuck as a result of that. Okay. Um, so we'll keep an eye on what's happening there. Uh, Ferrari is very concerned. Well, they're in Italy and right. Um, so Ferrari has already enacted and apparently Toro Rosso has as well. Uh, Toro Rosso's in Fonzia, which is about an hour or two south of Maranello off the top of my head. Um, but same general region, uh, both Toro, well, actually it's not Toro Rosso anymore. It's Alfa Tori. Uh, Alfa Tori and Ferrari have restricted visitors to their uh, facilities uh, and are reducing the amount of travel. Um, I believe Ferrari did encounter some trouble getting some team members into Spain. Mm. Um, Ferrari is expressing concerns as these travel restrictions start to go into place around Italy. They're looking for Formula One for some rulings here. Um, and some assurances as to what the plan is going to be if they can't travel. And not just them, because they point out that there's four teams in northern Italy that are of concern. Well, it's it's technically three teams. They're counting Pirelli as a fourth team. But you've got Ferrari. You've got down to the south of them, you've got Alfa Tori. And then up in Milan, which is a big hot spot, is Alfa Romeo. Right. Now, not as much of Alfa Romeo's organization is there because they're using a lot of the old Sauber facilities in Switzerland. But that's not all that far from Milan either. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is if you start to take that epicenter in Milan and Mm -hmm. expand it out, you're going to start hitting other areas. And keep in mind, I mean, we talk about there's seven teams in Motorsport Valley and England, mm-hmm. that's not every person that's part of those teams. Other people, they live and work throughout Europe. Um, you know, you get a you get a place like, oh, I don't know, Monaco, 
mm-hmm. where we've got a lot of drivers living that has a huge international travel population. They get hit with a quarantine there. You're going to be sitting out a lot of people. Yeah. So Ferrari is pushing both F1 and the FIA um, to try and figure out what is actually going to happen here. Because, you know, the the potential impacts here is if a team can't go to a race, there's a financial impact on them that, you know, they're not eligible for prize fund money for, for that race. Appearance fees, promotional things. But because of the amount of time it takes to do the logistics, they, odds are, they've already sent stuff out to some of these races. So, you know, if Australia decides that they're not going to let the Italians in, there's already freight that's on their way there. I know. And freight that then will have to turn around and come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an expense without any revenue against it. That's the biggest problem. So Ferrari is pushing Formula One to come up with a plan. Um, there goes your $17 million profit. At least, if not more. Um, I've actually, I've got a question out to our friend Jenny Gao. Um, She is in uh, Marrakesh this week for the Formula E race. Um, She has mentioned that that they have seen some additional precautions going into Morocco. Um, She has mentioned that there has been some rumblings from the the, the Formula One teams, but nothing definite as of yet. Um, I've Asked her to see if she'll give us any more info as to what's happened there. I don't know if she will, but we'll see. Oh, she is friend of the show. Now, that said, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Vietnamese Grand Prix, Chase Carey, still says that he does not see any reason that it will be held up at this point. They are not talking a postponement or a cancellation. Um, we'll see. Okay. Uh, he does acknowledge that the situation is fluid as more countries are impacted. Um, the good news, though, outside of that, is the track is done and ready to go. Oh. They are ready to host. All the work is finished. Yay. Good job, Vietnam. Other news for uh, F1. Um, Sean Bratch's replacement has been named. Oh. It is the sponsorship director at Heineken, Ben Pincus, who will be joining Formula One as the commercial head. You did not have a headshot of him so that I could determine what his unique facial hair was. Yeah, we, we haven't figured out what it is yet. I haven't seen any pictures, so maybe we'll have to go search on LinkedIn, see if he's got a profile and figure out what that is. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that you cannot rise up in the ranks of Formula One without unique facial hair, so he must <laughs> have some. Um, I mean... Mind you, I would strongly recommend that ear hair and eyebrows have already been taken. <laughs> Wasn't Heineken the sponsors for Caterham? No. Okay. No. Green, yes. <laughs> but good job no. on color matching. <laughs> My kindergarten teacher always said that I was really good at color matching. <laughs> Green, but not a sponsor. Anyway, so testing this week. Yes, there was the some. final round of it. Um, and shockingly, we're hearing some... Actually, we've heard quite a few complaints from Renault. Renault, number one, is actually apparently very upset with some of the laws that are uh, in discussion in the EU countries about banning uh, gas and diesel engines and even some hybrids. Ooh. They are not happy with this. Um 
But more than that, uh, Renault sporting director Alan Permain uh, is going after Formula One, specifically over Mercedes' dual-access steering system. Now, this is not because he's upset that they're allowing it. It's actually the opposite. He's upset that they're not disallowing that, that it? They're, that they're banning it for 2021. Okay, so I'm with him there. So what he says, and it's something that we've been saying, is this whole idea of if a team comes up with a trick development that is going to give them an edge, Formula One's natural reaction to then turn around and ban it before anybody else can exploit it is kind of contrary to the whole idea behind Formula One. Because why innovate? Why try and do new stuff? Why try and do these things if all that's going to happen is Formula One's going to turn around and go, no, no, you can't do that. Banned. Because for the six races you get away with it, you have an edge. Well, his position is if this is the pinnacle of motorsport. You should be allowed to try new and exciting things. And once somebody gets one, then other people could copy off of it Mm -hmm. and keep innovating and moving forward. And you should continue to benefit from it. Exactly. And this guy is obviously a fan of the show because he is preaching out of our songbook that we have been speaking on for years. This is my six-wheel Terrell Mm -hmm. soapbox. We need to push innovation at the pinnacle levels of motorsport because it is where innovation should occur. So what Alan said, he said, F1 is about innovation. It's about people differentiating and finding that edge over their competitors. So while we are jealous or frustrated or whatever, Mercedes have clearly found something they think is a benefit, and I think that's one of the wonderful things about F1. I don't know in 2021 if projects like that would ever get off the ground if you go to F1 and say, I've got this, and it's going to be worth two-tenths of a lap, and they're going to shut it down in two races, and you may not see that kind of thing. I think there's a line, and we have to be careful that we don't quash that sort of free thinking and that sort of spirit. That's part of the DNA of F1. I'm telling you, I think I said the exact same thing about, uh, you know, nine, ten shows ago. Yeah. I'm, this it, man's it, listening to us. Well, it, it's something that we've been saying for a while of you got to let the teams do this. You got to let them innovate. And I, I get the concerns about cost and budget, but you st- if you're the pinnacle of motorsport, you got to allow this. I know. I agree with you. Now, speaking of the new dual access system, as of right now, the drivers don't know if they're actually going to use it for the first couple of races. Really? The other thing that's interesting is that the drivers seem to be of mixed opinions on this. So Valtteri likes it. He thinks this is a good idea. And, you know, every time that they bring it out, he feels that they're learning more about it and how to best use it and how to best apply it. And this is a good thing. Lewis, on the other hand, is like, I don't know. You know, I, sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't. I'm not sure that this is really a, a, a big deal or a great thing, so I'm not really so sure. But right now, it sounds like the team hasn't really decided as to whether or not this is a permanent addition to the car. Well, I was thinking about this when you talked about it last week. Um, 
you got to think about how different it would be to learn how to drive the car. To some extent, yeah. I mean, thinking about you are not accustomed to pushing and pulling your steering wheel Mm -hmm. to make changes to your car. Imagine if, if you will, every time you accelerated, you pulled the steering wheel towards you, and when you went to go stop, you pushed it away from you. Imagine if that was the change, the logicalness of that. You would be learning how, relearning how to drive. You would... But but I think this is kind of like doing an e-brake turn. And, and yes, you have to learn how to do it and do it skillfully. But once you have it, that that you know, it's that kind of a nature of you, you get into that rhythm and you get into that groove and you pop that e-brake turn and you can whip yourself around and do what you're trying. And I think that's kind of what it is. For those of us who aren't so much familiar. What is DAS? So DAS, if you were listening last week, when everybody was going, holy crap. What it is, is it's this development that Mercedes has put in place that um, allows the drivers to adjust essentially the alignment of the front wheels on the fly. So when they're approaching a turn, they push in the steering wheel and it changes the angle of the front wheels so that the car turns better. Now that's good for a turn, but when you want to go fast in a straight line, you don't want that angle in because it chews up the tires. And they go into it when they're getting ready to go down a straight, they pull the wheel back and it straightens the wheels up and they don't have the drag from the tires and they go faster. But they can change the angle of the wheel by going and adjusting the steering wheel. Mercedes insists, and this is why it's it's legal is they insist that this is a steering mode and not a change in their suspension. Because if it's changing suspension, it'd be illegal. Right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a super cool concept. It's a radical idea. I'm all for it. I think that part of the decision as to whether or not they're going to use it based on how well the drivers are leveraging it and how well they're learning how to use their e-brake turns by your, using your example yeah. and how fast that's happening also. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Lewis is not all that unknown for sandbagging things. So he may go, I'm not sure if I like this. All the while he's telling the engineers, love it, don't change a thing. And you better believe I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that, that is entirely possible. Now, the one thing I have not seen coming out of testing this year, <coughs> particularly from Mercedes and from Lewis, you know, in most years, and Mercedes, but but all the teams w- would typically do this, of the, yeah, I really, you know, you get to the end of testing, and I really don't know where we are, that other team looks so much better, they look like they're really, I mean, that's the class of the field, and they're, they're I don't think we're there, all I haven't really heard that from most of the teams. Well, the only one that, that we have heard that from is Ferrari, and everybody's looking at Ferrari going, yeah, we don't think they're there. But Lewis said that he thought, after the first week, Lewis did come out and say, I think Ferrari's not showing all that they've got. And, and Valtteri's saying that too, and, and several are saying that, that they're not completely certain that this is true pace from Ferrari. But some of the comments that we're hearing, it sounds like there may be some other issues going on there. We don't know. 
Yeah. That's the thing. We, we don't fully know. One of the things that we do know, without a doubt, is that there's some reliability issues with this new engine over at Mercedes. Um, Williams went through at least three engines, if not four, in, in the last two weeks. Ouch. Um, Mercedes also, I think, went through um, as many as three engines in the works team. But I didn't hear anything over at the racing point. Well, the problem is Stroll was probably putting his car in the wall too many times to change the engine. Ouch. I don't think he actually put it in the wall. I didn't see anything that said he put in the wall. And you meant Lance, right? I said Lawrence. Charles. Did I say Lawrence or... It sounded like you said Charles. I may have said Charles. Stroll, Lance. <laughs> that's who I mean. Everybody knew who I meant. <laughs> they knew that I was not talking about Checo. <laughs> if we're going to say racing point and put it in a wall... Who do you think we're going to be talking about? Yeah. Alrighty. Well, maybe they'll sort it out. They've got another two weeks before a season opener in Australia. Yes. Um, the other team that looked very strong through both weeks is the Red Bull. Yeah. Now, there is... So, everybody's ranking right now seems to be saying that Mercedes is probably still the team to beat they're they're putting red bull ahead of ferrari however the big concern that everyone's seen over especially on thursday and friday is that they seem to be spinning quite a bit Ooh. um now max verstappen says that you know hey this is testing the whole goal of this is we're putting the car through its paces we're supposed to be taking it to the edge and then some and that's all that this is, is the normal, we are pushing this car as hard as we possibly can to figure out where the limits are. And when you do that, you're going to have issues like this. And that's all it is. And this is not an indication that they have problems in the low speed corners. Or that he needs to start headbutting people? That too. Okay. But that is that is what Max is saying, is that this, this is them pushing the car and doing what they are supposed to be doing in this and that's all it is is it's just testing christian told him to tell say that possibly i don't know um there's been a lot of talk about the um the pink mercedes as many are calling it the pink mercedes the racing point yes um a lot of questions as to what is actually going now Clearly, the racing point has seen a significant improvement in the performance by changing the design as they did. Um, they are considered right now to be at the top of the mid-pack. Best of their uh, ass, huh? Yeah, ba based on what we are seeing right now. Now, they also say that, once again, the mid-pack appears to be extremely close um, with the McLaren possibly nipping at the heels of the the racing point it's because it's testing you just don't know mm -hmm. um but a lot of the concern coming over how similar the design of that car is to last year's mercedes and a lot of questions being asked about just what is being shared between the two teams interesting so what racing point says is they insist that the aerodynamic design of that car is not from sharing parts. 
they insist that what they have done is the same thing that any other team with a camera could do is they reverse engineered based on pictures of the car they did not get parts from them and part of the reason why um, they think that there has been some grip issues and some other minor concerns about the performance of the cars because there was no sharing mm. and while yes racing point gets engines and apparently they get the previous year's gearbox from mercedes so they have the 2019 gearbox they don't get any design assistance with integrating those components into their design and it's believed that some that Racing Point still has not nailed down the specifics of how to fully integrate that gearbox into the design of the car, and that's why they're having the issues that they're having. Interesting. Not insurmountable. But it's obvious that by reverse engineering somebody else's design that won last year, you're doing yourself a good favor. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it worked for them, it's bound to work for us. Now the only concern, and 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 this is this is the risk that that the Racing Point team faces, is that yes that design is a big improvement over their car from previous years, but Mercedes didn't stand still and they continue to do development and they they redesign their car and if the Racing Point doesn't see the same level of gain in performance as. The Mercedes and the Ferraris and all the others, yes, they're going to move up, but they're not going to move up enough. Well, a tight mid-pack is actually really good for racing. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, the mid-pack has produced some of the best races that we had last year. So, I mean, I would be and really... And I expect that'll continue. I really hope there's a four-way battle for fourth. I honestly hope there's a four-way battle for fourth. Honestly, I don't necessarily want a four-way battle for fourth so much as I'd like to see a two-way battle for third. Two-way battle for third would be sweet. Now, would that be against Mercedes, uh, Ferrari or Red Bull? That's the question. Yeah. Who, who's the other in that two-way battle at mm -hmm. third? What I would like to see is just an all-out battle for first and that all the teams were to be on a level playing field. That way there isn't just that... One that one group of team, one group of teams. It's like the mid pack that's in, that probably won't be able to have a shot at it. And then you have maybe that one team that's never going to win, and their only goal is literally just to try and score points. Why is it you're not a bigger IndyCar fan? <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. Uh, for the two sports, IndyCar because they use a. Um, common car that's a common chassis and it's a different they you get a choice of engine based on your team but it's really driver driven um, every car every team has the possibility to win any given race and that's not the way Formula One's designed because it's a constructor and a driver series mm -hmm. um, if the constructor is has got the secret sauce or the money behind it so far um, they're going to be in a topper in an upper tier. There is almost two tiers of cars within Formula One based on dollars spent right now. Um, it is disheartening. I'm with you. I would love to see a battle for first place happen where we could have more than one team run away with it as long as my driver still wins. That's, <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely critical. 
but it's kind of like through this that there aren't um there haven't been a lot of third party uh, additional teams participating in Formula One because they don't want to end up like HRT, Caterham, Marussia slash Manor, all of which were back market teams that tried as hard as they could. Um, with the exception of Marusha that here, because they actually managed to successfully do this, score points, but never would. Well, you, you also have to remember that it's a business. And the only way to make a lot of money in Formula One is you can't. <laughs> it is a giant hole that people <laughs> pour money into. And it's kind of like buying a boat. <laughs> it's a hole in the water you pour money yeah. into. All right, moving right along while we explain Formula One to the boy yes. <laughs> in your audition series. So, n not Trisha's driver, but the boy's driver. Um, Ferrari says that they expect to conclude their contract talks with Sebastian Vettel, quote, very soon. Mattia Bonotto insists that Seb is still their first choice for the other seat at Ferrari. Because remember, Charles Leclerc already has a contract. Uh, do you really think that they're going to try to like conclude this early in the season, or are they going to watch Seb explode first? Uh, honestly, I think if they're smart, they're going to step back and they're going to wait. And they're, they're not going to want to conclude these contract talks before Hungary. If uh, they're smart. Okay, but they're Ferrari. <clears throat> that that's the thing. I mean, let, let's remember they named him number one driver before the season even started last year. Mm -hmm. Now this year they were wise enough not to do that, and they have said that they are they are supposed to be equal drivers. You know that's not going to happen, but they're supposed to be equal drivers this year. Seb's ego couldn't stand that. Well, that that's the other thing. So I I, I don't know. And we can talk a little more about it because there's a prediction around this. And, oh, okay. Because I wrote that before this story came out. Okay. Some of the reason I think for this particular story to have, and, and these comments to be made was, I guess, on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, no, actually it was Thursday of last week, Ferrari out of nowhere at testing announced a press conference with Mattia Bonotto and Sebastian Vettel. And... All the press that was in the area went running out there because they're like, they're going to make an announcement. This is going to be something big. You know, out of nowhere, they're announcing this press. And it just turned out to be another press availability. Mm. So, of course, I think one of the questions that they asked because they threw it out there, they made this press availability that everybody thought was going to be an announcement of, okay, what is actually going on with the contract? Do you think that it is possible that they thought there was actually going to be a signed contract and they put this out and then oops, it didn't actually happen the way they thought it was going to, and now they had to, like, change it? No, because I wouldn't be surprised if in a situation like that, Ferrari would have just canceled the, the conference. Oh, I don't think they would have done that. No, oh, yeah, it's Ferrari. It's oh. Ferrari. They, they'd cancel a press conference if they thought that. Nah. Anyway, um, Mattia Bonotto is also saying that... It, their engine is not as strong as the other teams. Um, they have done some work about reliability with the engine so that it is a bit more reliable. But he is saying that they are, he does not think that they are as fast as everybody else. 
yet. Well, that's what happens when you have to rework a cheater engine. Yeah. <laughs> cheater, cheater engine. About that. So, first <laughs> off, yeah, Mercedes and Red Bull have both come out and said that they're they're not convinced that the pace that they saw this past these last two weeks from Ferrari is the true pace. Mm-hmm. Ferrari says it is. Everybody else is like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. But to the your allegation of said cheater engine, <laughs> the FIA released a statement on Friday saying that they had reached a private settlement with Ferrari over the 2019 engine in the car. Why would they need to have a settlement about that? So what the statement said. The FIA announces that after thorough technical investigations, it is concluded its analysis of the operation of the Scuderia Ferrari Formula One power unit and reached a settlement with the team. The specifics of the agreement will remain between the parties. The FIA and Scuderia Ferrari have agreed to a number of technical commitments that will improve the monitoring of all Formula One power units for forthcoming championship seasons, as well as assist the FIA in other regulatory duties in Formula One and in its research activities on carbon emissions and sustainable fuels. Things that make you go, hmm. Cheater engine. <laughs> I call hmm. cheater engine. Okay, back to you know, circling all the way back to the top of the show. Okay, we talked about glaring <coughs> omissions in Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. The, this would be another one. This was one of those. The Ferrari's got domineering pace, and then all of a sudden, there was a question about its their engine, and if it was legal, they reverted back and they lost all that pace. But that's something that ferrari probably would and and what's what's really where they should have touched on it is the race that they gave drive to survive access was austin Mm -hmm. and that's when the pace dropped off yeah and we didn't hear anything about it no no it could have been part of like the conditions in which we're going to let you that's the thing is i think if Drive to Survive, if Netflix, I should say, if Netflix had pushed that issue, I think there was a big concern that Ferrari probably would have kicked them out. Well, I think that there's probably that. But do you remember um, with the German Grand Prix, the debacle that was Mercedes, (laughs) and that was was Netflix's access to Mercedes was Mm -hmm. that German Grand Prix, and it was a giant debacle. And we even had a story about Lewis coming out and saying that he wasn't sure he was going to continue to allow them to use the footage because yeah. he was so sick. I found it very interesting. There was, while they talked about the debacle and they talked about all of those things, there was a definite spin on Lewis was sick. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a small and, little and we interview. Knew he was sick. We didn't, we didn't really have an understanding of, of how like, sick he was at the time. And all of that, but there was there was a nod to that, and then they kind of just dropped it. They they went mm-hmm. on to some other things. So, I think that the producers of Drive to Survive obviously know that they are there at the whim of these teams, and you either play along and make them look good for as best you can, mm-hmm. um, while still telling the story, or you don't get access next year. I think that may have been some of it. What I hope 
I really truly hope is that both from the experience last year of, of how Netflix handled them and how the team how Netflix interacted with the teams and how it actually how the episodes actually came out and how they looked that as a result of that Mercedes and Ferrari will turn around and give more access this year. I'm very I'm hopeful. Really hopeful that, that that is a direct result of it. And that from that we get to see a lot more complete picture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my hope. Anyway, backing up. So let let let's go back to this things that make you say hmm. cheater and cheat. So a court autosport suspects that the existence of a private settlement and an agreement to help monitoring of power units suggests that there may have been a trade-off in terms of not taking the issue further. Hmm. So this idea of if we have to push this further, if we have to make this a bigger deal, possibly points could get hit, possibly other things, and oh, by the way, if word gets out that your engine really was cheating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we shall see. Cheater engine. We shall see. I'm not saying that they were cheating. All I'm saying You're is... not saying that they were cheating, just that the engine was cheating. No. <laughs> All I'm saying is that they were up on pace significantly... And when they were questioned, they reverted back to an older engine, and suddenly they weren't up on pace by a lot. I'm not saying that they were cheating, except that I'm saying that they were cheating. Cheater engine. (laughs) What's the next story? So um, Claire Williams saying that, you know, changing economics in Formula One and the changing nature of the sport as much as they have been um very adamant and very rigid in this idea of um they are an independent team they get just what they need from other constructors but they design their own car they build their own car they design their chassis they do as much work as possible because they are an independent team that you know, the changing nature of the sport, like, you know, Haas and Racing Point, may mean that they might have to reconsider that position. <laughs> and that they're not too proud to possibly reconsider it. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, we are talking about a team that's DNA was funded by repainting old cars and selling them back to the people that they bought them from. There's that too. (laughs) So let's go back and go back to your roots, Claire. (laughs) Go back to your roots. Go talk to dad. Uh, Have him remind you how they funded that team in the beginning. (laughs) So, but it's, it's the first that we've heard that acknowledgement. Now, word from those observing testing is that the car this year is better. Better is good. Um, it does not sound like this is a race-winning car. Ah. Um, yeah. Which is so sad because George Russell is an incredibly good driver. He He's won, a promising driver. He won GP t- uh, Formula 2. He did. Um now, that is not a guarantee of success in Formula One. 
Esther Maldonado. Nico Hollenberg. Paul DeResta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it's a kiss of death. <laughs> no, I mean, well, Roman Grosjean. Um. Um, well, yeah, we're not batting a thousand right Friend. now. Um, Esteban Ocon? Did he win Formula 2? I, th- I think he is a GP2 winner. I didn't think he won. Valtteri Bottas is. Bottas is, okay. Valtteri is. And he's not a world champion. He's not, but he's in a top-tier team. He is? He, he is a highly regarded and respected driver. That so, is that okay. is true. Um, and Lewis Hamilton. Did he win Formula GP2 back I'm then? I'm pretty sure he did. I thought he jumped up because he was very young. Now, George Russell does say that while the car is better, um, he still thinks they're the slowest car. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, George is saying that we'll go into Melbourne and, and see, but don't expect us to see in Q2 or Q3. We've definitely improved, but expect expectations are all under control. Last year when we outperformed our car, we were still qualifying 19th and finishing 19th. So I hope this year when people slip up and we perform well, that's when we can take the opportunities. Now, that is not promising talk. It's not, but see also possibly sandbagging. <clears throat> I, I, <laughs> I mean... I, I, I don't see George doing that. I mean, even Nick Latifi, and he's a rookie, has said that there's still some shortcomings in this car. Well... My only hope is that maybe they could battle for 18th. My hope is that they score some points. I know. They're going to need them. And that they're not dead last again. Because they can't sustain that. Okay, but if they're not last, who will be? I don't know yet. Yeah, that's a big question. Because Alpha has taken Sauber out of the back end, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a huge question. If they're not last, who will be? Yeah. Maybe that's a prediction question. Could be. Maybe. Can we get, get... Are you almost done with all of these? We are. We have two more stories, and then we can get to our predictions. So first off, Daniel Ricardo, You know, he is coming out of contract. He has said that he would answer calls from the rivals, but he is dedicated to making Renault work this year, and that's what he wants. That's his focus. So... He also says that he's the funniest guy in Formula One. And, and most handsome. And most handsome. He, I will say, he has got one of the best personalities. He does. And, you, and that was one of the nice things, especially this year with Drive to Survive. You certainly saw it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they focused on him a lot last year, but you didn't really see it as much, the personality. And he was so this stressed out last it. year. But this year, he, he let down his, his short hair and really opened up. Um, the other thing, because... Daniel has always been, when for the Australian Grand Prix, he has been known to have a very heavy promotional schedule. He's Mr. Australia. That basically any request that came in for an appearance, if they could get it on a calendar, he would do it. The downside being that come race day, he was pretty much shot. No. He would go into those races absolutely exhausted. Yeah. So apparently he is scaling back his promotional uh, commitments going into the Australian Grand Prix. Um, in an attempt to not be completely wiped out. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, he is not getting any younger, and he <laughs> needs to pace himself. Okay. I see the prediction sheet coming up. The I can't read that far sheet. away, though. That's fine. I'll read it to you. Okay. 
it's time. It's hey, time. you know, we should point out in all the years that we have done a project and we have recorded this, you got to think this is the first time that everyone's been able to hear everybody. Oh, you want to like brag that you've got a mic for every person in our room, except the dog. You know, even if we didn't have a mic, you'd still be able to hear him. <laughs> True. I am kind of a bit of a loud person from time to time, you know. Well, we can hear you sitting in another room coughing when we're recording, so yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, we can also hear him sitting in the other room, period. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. So... We always start off, we've got our traditional questions mm -hmm. that we have to start off with. And of course, the first one being, who will win the driver's championship this year? And I'm sorry, but this year, I, I, it's, it's Lotus. <laughs> well, it's about time you come around to the right answer. It was only last year I didn't do that. It's Lewis. Okay. Who is it, boy? I'm going to mix things up a bit. Um, Alexander Alban. Mm. Interesting choice. Alvin, huh? Okay. I would have figured Vettel, or not Vettel, uh, Verstappen, if you were going to mix it up. But okay. Albin it is. Um, who's going to win the Constructors' Championship this year? Mercedes. Yeah, that's what I say. It's a triple crown of Mercedes. All right. So then our next traditional question. Mm-hmm. You don't know what this this one is going to be? It's on whether or not Kimmy's going to retire. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's not whether or not he's going to retire. Not, that's not the question. Oh. It's whether or not he'll leave F1. Because he could always get fired. They could just finally say, okay, we're, we'd rather bring up somebody young, somebody different. Somebody who's not here as a hobby. As a hobbyist, he's going to finally leave F1. One way or the other. He will not be in 2021. You think yes? I'm going to say yes, but honestly, I think it's a no. <laughs> you can't answer both. What do you, you think, know what? Boy? I'm going to put no because that's what I want to be there at the <laughs> end of the season because I don't think he's actually going to leave as much as I want him to leave. Yes. All right. So it's a, a no and two yeses. All right. This one, I, I freely admit, it's come the end of the year. We're going to struggle to get this right. Okay. To figure out what this was. I know we're going to lose this. But we got to, I, I got to ask the question. What will be the first race that Ferrari rolls out a failed strategy? Melbourne. Boy says Melbourne. Yeah, it, that's it a be, hard one. It will be the fourth race in the season. You've got to know what it is. Well, no, because I cannot predict what coronavirus is going to cancel. The fourth it's the race. fourth race okay. that is actually run. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Vietnam, but I'm, I'm concerned that they won't make it to Vietnam. <laughs> Baku yes. always tends to have like a habit of... I'm going to go with Vietnam. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I was thinking... Bahrain, but Bahrain, there's typically not much going on there. Yeah, it can be. It can and be boring. And unless an engine blows up, I mean, it can be boring. Or, you know, Valtteri could make Bahrain incredibly <laughs> interesting. Um, all right, what's next? So the next question, and this is another one I'm torn on: Will Daniel Ricciardo stay at Renault? 
Originally, I was going to say yes, but I'm going to go with no. I don't know where he could go. That's my problem, and that's why I want to say yes. I'm going to go with yes. I mean, he said he's willing to help Preno out, so there's that. I mean, that's the problem is where's he going to go? And honestly, if he if he went to McLaren and cost Carlos signs a seat, I think Carlos would have an assassin. Okay, I'm going to say that he will stay at Renault. But my logic for it is actually going to be because the majority of the grid is open for contract this year. Mm Mm-hmm. The last time that we had 70% of the grid that was up for renewals or contracts, it was a silly season and it wasn't silly. Everybody Mm -hmm. just generally stayed at the places that they were. And I have a feeling that we're going to have a repeat of that. The only place that I could see, the only move that I could possibly see Daniel doing Mm -hmm. at this point is maybe Valtteri's seat. I don't think he's going to take Valtteri's seat. I think it. De- I think Valtteri's too much of a team player for them right now. It's gonna depend on how Valtteri's season starts. True. If it starts like it did last year, Valtteri's probably secure. If it starts like it did the previous year, Valtteri could be in trouble. The key is that <clears throat> Valtteri's job is to be second in the drivers' championship. That's his job. No, he, he has two jobs. Second in the driver's championship is one of them. The other is backing up Lewis. Well, and that's where Valtteri has consistently underperformed. He's in the same car as Lewis, and he could be a second to two seconds back a lap. And that's not good. No, but what I'm saying is... Two years ago, he was fifth in the championship. Mm -hmm. He is doing fine if he comes in second in the championship. Because that says that when Lewis didn't get points, he did. And that they consistently were in that one-two range. But when Lewis is first and he's sixth, that's when he has a problem. At the end of the season, yes. The problem is they're making that decision a lot earlier than that. And if Valtteri is struggling... To hold on to that set as he has in previous years, I think that puts him in trouble. We'll see. But also keep in mind, Lewis likes him as his other driver. So he, he does. That that's another piece of that puzzle. All right, Nick. Oh, okay. wait, did we get all the answers? Yes. Okay. Next. I'm trying to decide if I want to change mine while I still have a chance. I'm gonna leave it as no. Okay. I could be wrong, but whatever. So next one. Who will score more points? I hate these questions. Ferrari or Red Bull? I'm going with Red Bull. I think that they've got it this year. Red Bull, because of Ferrari's underperforming, and they've shown it that without this magical, super special, awesome engine, they aren't as good. Okay. All right. I'll be the dissenting vote and go Ferrari. You're going Ferrari? Because I think they're liar, liar's pants on fires. And, uh... Red Bull for the boy. All right, next question. Mm-hmm. Who's going to score more points? Vettel or Leclerc? Leclerc. 
I'm kind of leaning that way too. That'll. Of course, she, he's your guy. I get that. I think Vettel's going to implode this year. That I don't know if he's necessarily going to. We're, I don't think we're going to see the return of Angry Seth. You think he's, I think he's on learned, his? Uh, I think his he's meds learned now? that lesson that he he can't let get that carried away. I don't think he'll he'll fully implode, but I think you will see frustration at times. Mm-hmm. Vettel was a big fan of Schumacher, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Schumacher was known for one of his tactics of moving the car back and forth across the track, kind mm-hmm. of like warming up the tires. From the sounds of this DAS system and mm-hmm. being able to move the wheel back and forth for turning, mm-hmm. it could improve doing warming up the tires through that way. So Potentially, but yes. DAS but... is on the Mercedes car. Oh, that and... They can warm up the tires without wearing them down when they do the swerving. By using the the DAS, it's only the front wheels, and they would wear down the tires. Okay. So, mm-hmm. still with Sebastian Vettel. Okay. And I know we had the story on it earlier. But do we think Sebastian will keep his ride for 2021? It- yes. In Ferrari? Or yes. be in Formula? A Ferrari. Will he be named a Ferrari driver for 2021? Yes. I think he's got another year at least in him. All right. I'm going to go with yes, too. Well, I'll be right or I'll be wrong. Yep. All right. This next one's going to be harder. Because we thought last year that he was done. But anyway. Will Haas keep Roman Grosjean for 2021? No. They're going to replace their drivers next year. You think they're going to replace both of them? Um, at least one, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't replace both of them. Well, I'm going to put no in, and I'm going to put no for you, and that you wanted to replace both drivers, because I think that's going to be an interesting So that point. would be bonus points if they replace both of them? Maybe. We'll see. We'll have to ask the judges at the end. <sighs> good, good news. I'm yes. the judge. You say yes. So you say that Roman Grosjean will remain with the team into 2021. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Here's the next one. And honestly, I, I specifically because of Drive to Survive, I did this. Oh, no. Okay. Will Haas have pit stop issues for the third year in a row in Australia? Oh. <laughs> no. No team is that unlucky. Well, I didn't think they'd be so unlucky to do it two years in a row. Yeah. So you say no. I'm going to go with yes, because why not? I'll go with yes. All right. But what is there like our definition of pit stop issues? Longer than like a... A problem. A problem. Okay. So... Not necessarily losing a wheel like they have the last two years, but some kind of issue. It could just be a stuck wheel nut that causes a slower than normal pit stop that maybe is three and a half to four seconds, or it could be something else. Now, we will not count a longer pit stop because they had to replace the one due to damage. Or if they get a penalty. Okay, that's fair. 
Uh-huh. All right. So next one. Uh-huh. Will the Chinese Grand Prix actually be rescheduled for later in the year? Yes. I'm saying no. <laughs> That's copyrighted. Um, <clears throat> technically, no. But. Technically, no. No, it's either a yes. How do you? How is it technically no? What does that even mean? Well, if you'd let me finish my answer, you'd know the answer to your question. I was about to type that. I'm like, wait a minute. What does that even mean? Even Bramble's confused. Okay, technically, they will not reschedule the, the Chinese Grand Prix. However, there will be a replacement of some sort, whether it is oh, okay, it is a some another other. venue or they yes. will replace it to get to the twenty whatever races, but okay. it will not be a Chinese Grand Prix. Okay. So <clears throat> did you type technically no because no was... I put no some other replacement race. Okay. Um, actually, I should put oh. I don't think we're going to know what that is. We'll figure it out. But anyway. Will the banking cause issues at Zandvoort? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm confused. What's the question? The banking. So they took a turn, a corner in Zandvoort, and instead of it being flat, they <clears> turned <throat> it at a... They won't declare how what the percentage is, but it's it's a significant... No, it's, it's not what it is. It's like, like 18%. 18% turn so that it's more like a oval. It has bank corners. Um, they put that into Zanfort, and it's could potentially have issues. And Pirelli is designing a special Zanfort tire that they said they weren't going to do, but they decided to do. So <clears throat> there's going to be issues of some sort, even if it's just Max. Yes, in that case, because Pirelli. Okay. So I said no, and everybody else said yes. Who will score more points, Renault or McLaren? McLaren. Yeah, I'm going with McLaren too. Renault. Okay. Oh, wait, you said Renault? I said McLaren and he said Renault. No, I got them backwards. Yeah, I'm looking at that. Uh, I thought I saw an R. That was about as far as I could make out at this distance. I'm like, don't. Sorry. A member of our studio audience is interfering with the process right now. What, you can't type with kitty cat butt butt in your face? No, I cannot. Uh, especially since it's excessive butt butt. <laughs> All right, so who will score more points? Esteban Ocon or Daniel Ricardo? This is a hard one. Who's Ocon driving for? Renault. Oh, okay. That's why this is so hard. I'm going to go with Daniel, but I'm torn on that one because I'm not sure. Daniel could be unlucky, but Ocon's <clears throat> been out of a car for a season. I'm going to go Ocon. I'm, go I'm, I'm Ocon? all in on Ocon. Ocon's okay. my new guy. Okay. Ocon. All right. 
Will the Miami Grand Prix get added to the 2021 calendar? No. If they aren't going to add in New Jersey, they probably aren't going to add in Miami. It will get added. Alrighty. Now, the one thing that... What did you answer? I said yes, and I was going to elaborate. I was going to say the one thing that, that has me up in the air on that one is... Okay, it's the 2021 calendar, and I get that they're holding this race in a parking lot. And how much work do you actually need to prep a parking lot for a race? But they haven't actually done any work to prep the site. Yeah, but... It's a parking this, lot. But this time last year, <clears throat> Vietnam wasn't even a race. So... And they built a whole track in a year. No, so. we knew it was coming, and, and they were they were working on it through the year. I think they broke ground during the year last year. No, see, now I'd have to go look. Well, keep going with your predictions. Okay. Um, so next one. Who will score more points? Actually, this is probably your, your the question that you had earlier. Who will score more points, Williams or Haas? Oh. So you think Haas is our other bottom-tier team? I do, but only based on last year's performance. That that's really what I was working off of. Haas is going to score more points. <clears throat> Haas. Yeah, I'm going with Haas there too. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, so do I, but I don't know. All right. So the big prediction. Mm-hmm. So what I have put is my big prediction is that at least three races will be impacted by quarantines or travel bans, with some or all teams. And possibly one race held with no spectators in attendance. That's my big prediction for the year. So that's your big story is that coronavirus affects F1. <clears throat> Dramatically. Dramatically. What's your big story this year, boy? This is an interesting one. It's the return of Maldonado. And before anyone just gives me any weird looks or thinks what is wrong with this psychopath lunatic or anything like that, I've actually done some research on this guy. Um, last um, victory that will last victory that Williams have ever gotten is the 2012 Spanish Grand Prix, which was won by Pastor Maldonado. Yes. And while, yeah, Maldonado has had his incidents, he's crashed into Hamilton thinking that he and Hamilton have become great friends from those that crash. But the thing is, though, is that Maldonado in the standard racing, no cars and like straight line speed and all that, he's amazing. He can pull off some really good lap, lap times and everything as long as he's the only one on the track. If there's like a single other car, he t often tends to struggle because he's too aggressive. But with the way that I'm seeing some of these other teams going and how bad they are, they might just want to start getting desperate and bring out Maldonado. Okay, so the boy thinks that Pastor Maldonado is coming back for 2021. Um, I, I think... It would be more likely that you'd see a Fernando Alonso or a Felipe Mazza. But if that's the way you're going... 
Both of them have already declared their retirement from the sport. Maldonado never got to declare his retirement from the sport. He was just kicked out. He was forcibly retired. <laughs> like Michael Schumacher, but Michael Schumacher would later on come back. The difference is that Michael Schumacher was a seven-time world champion, and Maldonado has won run one race. Yes, but delivered and- Williams' latest win. Okay. Hey, I'm not going to argue with your prediction. I'll take the points when I, I win mine. <laughs> That'll be fine. Okay, my prediction of a big story. Are you ready? Yep. We will lose a team this year. Really? Yep. What team? I don't know. There will be a team that is competing in 2020 that will not compete in 2021. Now, there may be a replacement team, but there will be a team that does not go forward. Huh. That's that's bold. Hey. I will say that. It is definitely you played bold. it safe. I think you went with like the most safe one. I, I should did. kick that out for being like a no-duh story. I'm even more bolder. Well, yours is just insane. But, <laughs> but uh, well, you know, I, I thought of it, and, and we could put it in here anyway, even though it is not specifically an F1 prediction. Because, okay. you know, we, we didn't even mention that despite announcing that they had cut ties with Fernando Alonso, the McLaren-Schmidt-Peterson-Haas-McKenzie-Jones <laughs> IndyCar team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but the McLaren IndyCar team will be running a third car for the Indianapolis 500 that will be driven by Fernando Alonso. Oh, Okay. And I, you know, we could put a prediction, maybe bonus prediction. Bonus prediction to see when the the five hundred game we that Grand Slam that far, or do we just want to say where will he finish in the race? I only care if he wins. You only care if he wins. It will make That's... sense if he wins because then he can accomplish his goal of the Grand Slam. So will Fernando Alonso win the twenty twenty Indy? 500 and I am gonna go no that's my prediction I see that's in all caps too it is no <laughs> you need more O's you misspelled it you, you are lacking O's alright so no <laughs> there you go much better much better I do not believe that he will win the Indianapolis 500. I think that uh, that will elude him for another year. So you're just a no? I'm just a no. Okay. With an exclamation mark or no? No. Okay. No. And a boy? Yes. I think he's going to be IndyCar. Um, I'm kind of questioning as to whether or not said car is going to blow up. <laughs> hey. You did not ask that in the predictions, therefore we don't have to answer that. And on that note... No, we are not done. We are not. We have one more very important thing that we have to cover before we we close out the show. And that is the reminder that the 2020 Bloke and the Bird Show Fantasy GP League is live. And open for signups. You'll want to go to fantasygp.com. The league access code is 148-31491. That's 148-31491. 
and you can beat us with your Formula One predictions. Well, you can definitely beat Michael because <laughs> he loses this. Oh, man. <laughs> See if I can be a three-time winner of Second the family. Place. Yeah. Second I'm place. Winner of the family. That's all I ask is that I win the family. So go ahead, get your team set up. Um, if you're bold and daring, you can do your predictions now. Yes. But at the very least, get your team set up, join the league, get it activated, and get going. Now, if you are bold and daring and do your predictions now, you are expected to post your predictions on the show notes. So you are? Yes. Because otherwise you could change your predictions and then it is not pure. Okay. Because, you know, somebody could... Oh, not your, not your fantasy GP prediction. No, no, not sure. oh, fantasy I GP. I was talking about our show predictions. I, I meant fantasy GP stuff. So, okay. oh no, yeah. No. So I, I will figure out how. So I can't put Word documents on this. I have to figure out how to. I could probably do it through uh, Google Docs or something and drop a link in. Okay. Um, the other thing is, um, you can set up your teams, mm -hmm. and you have seventy-five million dollars to buy a team. I'm just going to tell That's you. That's for Fantasy GP, not for your regular predictions. So, Correct. Since, since we're now crossing the streams. <laughs> Too many things have predictions. And also, these are in-game um, credits, not real-life credits. Yes. But um, just letting you know that uh, it is very difficult to build a team where you buy both Hamilton and Mercedes. Um, it's also kind of hard to build a team where you have... Hamilton and Verstappen. It can be done. <laughs> I'm going to say it can be done. <laughs> but the, the teams that you're going to get for your cars are not going to be that great. But uh, it can be done. I'm not sure what this big deal is. I mean, last year I had Hamilton, Vettel, and Ferrari all in the same team. Yep. And on that note, we'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. Whew.